As I said today, it's Mother's Day, and so thank you for joining us. It's good to see so many of you, all of you, it's good to see, but there are some faces here that I haven't seen in a while, so thank you for joining us. We're going to take a break. We've been going through a series uh, on the book of 1 John, and we're going to take a break on that to look at another, another letter that's written by Paul the Apostle. And today I wanted for us to consider what it looks like to be a part of a spiritual legacy. I want us to consider what it looks like for us to be a part of a spiritual legacy. And it's, it's interesting that just like our biological legacy, we exist as spiritual individuals, but we exist in, in the context of, of the lives and faith and legacy of others. You came here because of someone else. Now, maybe you can't draw the line directly and you can't say, well, my mom or my dad was a believer and his mom or dad was a believer, but someone has drawn you here. And, and the whole goal of church life, as we just saw, is that we would be individuals who build up one another, whose faith and personal experience of the grace and power of God would overflow into the lives of others so that their faith and experience of the power and presence of God would be, uh, would be encouraged and built up. And so today, I, I hope that we'll be encouraged to thank God for the spiritual legacies that he's established in our lives. So if you will join me, I, we're going to be reading out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. Now, if you're new, one of the things that we do as a church is we stand up when we read the Word of God together, and we're going to read this together because it's good to stand in reverence to God's Word, and it's good to hear the Word of God spoken on the lips of believers around us. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see the legacy of faith around us, that we would see the flow of your grace through our families, through our friendships, through our coworkers, however you have surrounded us with individuals whose faith has challenged us and encouraged us and drawn us together toward you. And God, I pray that our hearts would, would be warmed and we would feel a sense of affection toward you who are doing this in our life on our behalf. God, we want to thank you and we want to have hearts of gratitude for what you are doing through mothers and through others. We pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. You guys can be seated. So, Today, each of us has two, at least two reasons to give thanks. We each have at least two reasons to give thanks. First, 
We have reason to give thanks to God because of the faith that he has established in our lives. Or if you're, if you're not a believer, you have reason to give thanks because of the faith that God is inviting you to. We have faith to, we have, we have uh, the reason to thank God because of the faith that he has established in our lives. And you might be thinking to yourself, well, I, you know, it's my faith. I'm the one who made the choice. You know, I responded, and, and we're going to talk about that in a second. But, but we recognize that God is at work in our lives, and we have reason to give thanks. But the second reason is that we have reason to give thanks because of those who, through, uh, those through whom God has established that faith, especially for many of us, our moms. You know, when I think of my life, uh, I recognize the fact that I went to church before I could, I, I don't remember a time when I didn't go to church. And, and for the kids in the room, I'm talking about like Baptist church, you wear a bow tie and a button-up short sleeve shirt because this is uh, Alabama, and I'm wearing slacks, and I'm like four, and I hate it. Just kind of like, uh, you know, the, the metal from the clip-on is bothering my neck. This is, this, this is the legacy of faith, faith that my family established for me. My mom prayed for me. She continues to pray for me now. And, and many of us, we have mothers who have labored and labored and labored and labored. And maybe you haven't seen all of the laboring, but you know that, you know, my mom, sometimes she gets upset and she goes to the room and she starts to pray and cry out to God. And, you know, sometimes it's a little scary, but, but when she prays, God hears. We have reason to be thankful for the, for the grace of God through our moms. And, and in this text we're going to see that Timothy's life was a life of faith, a life of personal faith that he had, he had uh, obtained himself. Right? This was his faith, and yet it was a faith that he had received from not only his mother, but his grandmother as well, that there was this, there was this lineage in his faith. So let's look at verse 3 together. I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience as I remember you constantly in my prayers day and night. I hope that you can hear the, the emotion that Paul has toward, toward Timothy. You see, Timothy was, was one of his first disciples. He, he's he's de described as a son. In verse 2 it says, To Timothy, my beloved child. You know, we, many of us will have pastors, but few of us have fathers in the faith. And, and Paul was a father to Timothy. He doted upon Timothy. He cared about Timothy. He had, he had discipled him. He had raised him up in the faith. He had, he had taken him alongside himself. If you were to go to Acts chapter 16, you don't have to go there now, but uh, in Acts chapter 16, we see that, that Luke, who was one of the companions of Paul, who had followed Paul on his ministry, recounts the fact that Paul takes on Timothy. In verse 1, it says, Paul came to Derbe and to Lystra, a disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and so he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who, who were there in those places, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So when Timothy went into ministry, he went into ministry. I mean, we have some pretty high callings as it relates to our ministry. I can assure you it was nothing like Timothy's experience. And that's as far as we need to go right now. But, 
But suffice it to say, they had an intimate, close relationship. Timothy felt a call to ministry that he followed with a kind of abandon that we rarely see now. And Paul felt a kind of ownership and care for this man that led him to, to lead and guide this man throughout the, really the entirety of, of Paul's ministry. And, and 2 Timothy, if you, if you were to go and study it, 2 Timothy, this letter that he writes to Timothy is really Paul's last letter before his execution. He's aware of his execution to come. And in fact, he, he writes about how many of the people who had followed him in ministry, who had been faithful ministers for a long period of time, had have fallen away, have rejected him, have, have made shipwreck of their faith. And so he's writing to Timothy and reminding him, hey, you have a faith that is genuine, he says. And so he's praying constantly, day and night. Now, if you were to look in the, the original language, verses three through five, which our English translators so graciously break up into separate sentences, is actually one long sentence. And so, you know, for the, the English teachers out there, the grammarians out there, you have to ask the question, what is the main point? Or to put it another way, what is the main clause? And the main verb, the main point is, I thank God. He says, I thank God, whom I served, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day, as I remember your tears, and I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy, and also I'm being reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelled first with your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I'm sure, dwells with you. He says, in all of those things, in all of those details, in all of those, those clauses, I thank God. And family, when we think about our faith, when you think about your faith, it is cause to thank God. Now, I said before, you might say to yourself, well, I'm the one who responded. But we recognize that your faith, your trust in God, your belief in him is itself a work of God's miracle power. If you look at Philippians chapter 2, Paul says it this way in chapter 2, verse 12. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now also, not only in my presence, but all, must, sorry, much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For, why should I work out my faith with fear and trembling, Paul? Well, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good, good pleasure. You're willing and you're working your doing and your wishing is the work of God. Now, there's, there's something uniquely divine in the way that God interacts with our will in such a way that he is both sovereign and we are also responsible to respond. So I, what I'm not saying in this moment that we talk about thanking God for our faith, and what I'm not saying is that we are no longer responsible for our faith because Paul is going to go on and talk to Talk to Timothy and say, you need to stir up your faith. You need to build up your faith. You need to exercise your faith. So there's a thing that you and I must do that we need to walk in our faith. We need to obey God. We need to live out our faith. We can't just believe something and act like it doesn't exist in reality. We have to walk in light of our faith. But that walking in light of our faith is still a work of God. Parents know this. When your children obey, that is a work of God. 
And I'm joking to some degree, but there's, there's a reality and a truth that, you know, if we take seriously the fact that we are sinners, that we are rebellious, that apart from God, um, our hearts are in rebellion, and, and I hold those things to be true because the Bible says that they are true, then whenever we are not rebellious, whenever we are not sinful, then God is at work either restraining our evil or promoting the good that he desires to see in our life. But he does so in such a way that, that we are also participants, participants in the act. We work out our salvation with fear and trembling because God is at work within us in that process. We have reason to thank God because of our faith. Family, just take a moment and recognize if, you, if you've trusted in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've recognized that you, a sinner who deserves the wrath of God, have received instead his grace because of the, the substitutionary, uh, in your place, work of his son, Jesus Christ. If you recognize that, that Jesus stood in your place, taking on your punishment so that you might stand in his place, taking on his sonship, you have reason to be thankful. You have reason to be thankful. And, and we go to church, and if you've been in church for a long time, you can begin to kind of, you know, you speak in Christianese, and you know, there's a casualness, a looseness about our faith where, you know, of course I'm saved, you know, and, and you almost begin to walk with a swagger. But, but this is a work of God. He chose in his infinite wisdom and grace to intersect your life wherever your story was. And to, to, to arrest your soul, arrest your heart, and bring him to yourself. He chose to woo you to himself. He chose to, to bring life to you. In Ephesians 2, it says, we were dead in our trespasses and sins, children of wrath, walking in, in the authority or under the authority of the prince of of the power of this world, the prince of the air. We were not in a good position. You know, sometimes as we, we, we walk out this Christian life, we begin to think, you know what, I'm not that bad. Doing pretty good. I'm tithing. Stopped cussing last week. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly, I'm joking. I'm joking. Don't do that. Don't cuss. Anyways, the children are like, what? Last week? Try never. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I completely lost my point. But we can get, we can get casual about this. But, but Paul, he, he thanks God every time he thinks about Timothy, day and night. God, I thank you for what you've done. And I think that, that Paul would encourage us, God would encourage us, you need to take time to thank God. Because when, when we come back to God, when we revisit that, that precipice, that cliff that we were standing in front of, when we re revisit the reality of what could have been, when we revisit the, the danger and, and the condemnation that we would have experienced were it not for the grace of God, we need to thank God. That's why we say hallelujah, praise the Lord. I thank God. Paul thanks God for what for, for what he calls Timothy's sincere faith. But he doesn't just stop there. He thanks him for this sincere faith 
um, that was established by his grandmother and his mother. Look at verse 5 with me. I am reminded, and remember, the main, the main idea here is I thank God. You could almost say because I'm reminded, or when I'm reminded. I thank God when I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. Now, as far as I know, those, that, that verse is the only place where these two individuals are mentioned by name. Now, we read Acts chapter 16, and it mentions that Timothy's mother was a believer, that his father was not a believer, that he was a Greek. But, but this is the only place where their names are recognized. And moms, some days you feel like no one recognizes you. You've, you've, if you're you know, in the trenches, as they say, you've wiped so many bottoms of so many things, and your little ones, they don't even, they don't have the, really, they're not even really there to know how to thank you because they really don't know the significance of the responsibility that you've taken on. And, and some of you moms, your, your kids are in college or out of the house, and, and they don't call, they're doing their thing, they call when they need money, and, and on Mother's Day, because Dad said, call your mother. Right? And you can begin to feel invisible. But Paul, and by extension God, saw the ministry of these mothers. And he worked, God worked through the ministries of these mothers. You have to imagine, you know, Lois is this woman walking in the Jewish faith, grandmother, so probably she's prior to the time of Jesus Christ, but she's walking in a faith that, that's waiting for a Messiah, and she's raising up her daughter and telling her daughter, uh, you know, all of the things of the, 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 the Old Testament, reading stories of Moses and his salvation, God's salvation through Moses, reading about the amazing judges and the prophets and what they said, reading about how God promised restoration, how, how there had been judgment and condemnation, but if we would just repent, and she, she's speaking to her daughter, uh, Eunice, Eunice, listen to me. If you will just walk in faith and repentance, if you will just trust Yahweh your God, if you will just remember that his steadfast love endures forever, if you will walk in that faithfulness, he will be with you. If you will trust in him, he will be a faithful God to you. Eunice, listen to me. This is the, this is the promise of, of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And, and, and this is the promise that he gives to us. This is the promise that he gives to our King David. David was given a promise by our God that, that there would be a king, someone who would, who would bring salvation. Eunice, don't forget these things. And then Eunice grows up and becomes this woman of God. And we don't know what the... the the nature of her relationship with her husband was, but they're, they're married, and he's, he's not necessarily a, a believer, but, but she raises up this little boy, Timothy. And she, and, and maybe even Lois as well, they speak to Timothy. Timothy, remember the words of our Lord. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor, Timothy. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the promises of the Lord. Calling forth something. All of these things happening without an audience. You know, we live in a... <laughs> uh, we live in a, in a culture that, if it's not on Instagram, did it really happen? You know? 
Meals, right? Did you have a meal? Well, if it's, you know, I guess we've kind of moved away from Instagramming meals. That's passe now. Now it's, you know, whatever. And, And if that's what you're into, God bless you. That's fine. But, but God calls us to labor in things that no one else will ever see. And he calls us to faithfulness in, in ways that no one else will ever appreciate. You know, if we, if we look to our kids or to our parents or to those around us and, and we expect them to give us accolades every time we do something good, we're going to live very disappointed lives. But Eunice and, and Lois... They labored in the faith. You know, I'm making a great deal out of a small amount of content, but the reality is, I mean, Paul wrote this letter to Timothy, who is now a pastor in Ephesus, and because of Paul's ministry to Timothy, which was in, ba- in part because of, of Lois and then Eunice, we have the, the first and second letters of Timothy, right? We have second, listen to this, second Timothy uh, 3.16, pretty important. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching and reproof, for correction and training in righteousness. We have that nugget that the Bible is beneficial because of Eunice and Lois. It's It's not just Paul who wrote the letter. He had to write the letter to someone. He had to write the letter to someone who, who was walking in the faith, who had ministered with him. This man, Timothy, he had to be brought into it. Now, God can do whatever he wants, however he wants, but the way in which he chose to do so was through these women. Moms, don't give up. Don't give up. Single moms, don't give up. And don't give in to the lie that there's no hope. Don't give in to the lie that, that just because you don't see it right now, that means it isn't. Right? God calls you to, to call what is not what is. To call to faith. Son, you are going to be a child of the covenant. You were born into the covenant. Daughter, you were born into the covenant. I don't believe what I see. I believe what God's doing. Don't give up. And for those of you whose mothers maybe didn't reflect this characteristic, understand that, that God doesn't just use mothers. Now we celebrate mothers today, and it's an appropriate thing to do. But God uses so many different people. Paul is an example. He's a spiritual father to a, a young man who had, it, it seems, in some respects, an absentee father. Now, maybe he was there providing, but he certainly wasn't providing a spiritual legacy for Timothy. And, and Paul takes this young man under his wing. And men, there are, there are children, there are teenagers, there are college-age students in this church who need for you to take these children, these teenagers, these young men and women under your wing. Mothers, maybe you're in this room and you're not a mother, in a biological sense. In the same way that Paul was not a biological father, he walked in his his mantle as a spiritual father. And he had many spiritual children. That's a weird thing to say, maybe that sounds strange, but he discipled and trained and fathered, cared for, represented the fatherhood of God in the lives of many individuals, and you can do the same. 
This is why church matters, guys. This is where we experience the grace of God. Where else but in the church are you going to experience a man coming alongside you men and calling out of your life faith and life and strength and spiritual purity? Where else but in the church family are you going to see people come alongside you and, and, and look at you in your worst moments and say, you know what, God's got better for you. Repent, believe, and I'm going to walk this out with you. You messed up, you failed, you sinned. We're going to repent right now, and we're going to keep walking. Where else but in the church are you going to see your life go through difficulty after difficulty, some of which have no, no they're not a result of your own bad choices, but they're just the, the work of the world and, and not have people come around you. This is the place where all of this happens. This is the lab. I'm sorry, that's a, that's a side note. That's not necessarily about Mother's Day. But man, be a part of this church. He thanks God for the faith that has been established through those around him. Paul thanks God for the faith that's been established in Tim- Timothy by those around him. Timothy was standing on a faith that was established by his mother and his grandmothers. And we're all in process here. So some of you, you're looking at your children and you're saying, thank you, Lord. You've done a miracle. And you have reason to thank God. And some of you, you're looking at your little ones and you're saying, well, you know, they're, they're little. I thank God for the faith that they're expressing in the ways that little ones express faith. And some of you are praying and saying, God, My child is is not with me, spiritually speaking. They've walked away. But I'm thanking you, God, that you are at work. And I know that you're at work because I'm praying. Let me encourage you. If you have children, moms, if you have children who are not walking in the faith, your prayer is proof of God's work. Do you hear me? If you will pray, it will prove that God is at work because God uses means. Your prayer is not just you entreating God and saying, God, will you please do this? And God's like, "Mm, we'll see. Your prayer is the work of the Holy Spirit quickening your soul to acknowledge the the, the burden of of needing to see this child come into a, a saving faith. And it's God at work. Be encouraged. And pray hard. And, and for all of us, family, God invites us into something that is much deeper than just attendance on Sunday where we spend an hour singing songs, giving our money, and listening to some guy talk. He invites each of us to be Paul, to be Timothy, to be Lois, to be Eunice, to someone else in this church. Who's your Timothy? Who's your Paul? Who's your Eunice? This is, this is why, if you just look around for a second. I love that there are older people and younger people in this room. I love that in the, in the difficulty, and I'm, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing this seriously, I love that in the difficulty of, of COVID, we have been forced 
into a situation where children are in the room with parents and grandparents. I am thankful for that. Now, when, when the time comes for us to do kid builders, we will do kid builders. But I am thankful that I get to look at parents and children and address you guys together because God has established family. And we listen and we stand and we, we apply the word of God as family. Sorry. Today, family, you have reason to give thanks. You have reason, if you're walking with the Lord, you have reason to give thanks because you're walking with the Lord. That is a work of God. And if you're walking with the Lord, you have reason to give thanks because your walk is proof that others have labored around you. In prayer, in sacrifice, in conversation, someone has given so that you might receive. And moms, you have reason to give thanks because God is at work. You may see it, you might not, but trust that God is at work. And if you're in this room and you don't know Jesus Christ, the fact that you're in this room is proof that God is at work. If you're online and you're just, you just landed here or you're listening to the podcast, the fact that you're listening is proof that God is at work in your life. And I would invite you to trust in the same God whom Paul trusted in, whom Lois trusted in, whom Eunice trusted in, whom Timothy trusted in, and the same God whom we trust in, the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross in our place, on our behalf, so that we might experience new life and salvation and relationship with God. Let's pray. God, we thank you for, we thank you for our moms. We thank you for the ways that you have used many of our moms to shape us, to form us, to challenge us, to bless us. We thank you. God, we thank you for your work through them. And right now, God, I pray for the moms in this room who are, who are on their knees, spiritually speaking, praying for their children. God, I thank you for these women of faith. And God, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon them, that they'd have a sense of renewed faith, renewed vigor, renewed passion to see your will prayed down. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And God, we pray for the children. We pray for the children in this room and online. Bless these children. Let them walk and grow up walking in a manner that pleases you. From their early ages, God, we pray that you would superintend, that you would walk with them so that they might grow to love and honor and cherish you in their lives. God, bless the children. Pour out a blessing upon them. And God, we pray for those children who are represented, who are not walking with you. And we, God, God we ask for you to intersect their lives Hear our prayer. Lord, we ask for the hound of heaven to chase them down, to bring conviction of sin, repentance, faith, and new life. God, let it be done because they are children of the covenant and because you are a good God. We pray all of these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
And we thank you, God. We thank you, God. Amen. Thank you, family.